You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my latest book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like it personalized, send a message to eoldford at flankerpress.com and I'll personalize it and send it out within the week. Makes a great Christmas present. It's almost that time of year again. Remember, flankerpress.com and eoldford at flankerpress.com if you'd like it personalized. Have a great Christmas. Happy hockey season. $25,000 Pyramid. I'm your host, Dick Clark. This is Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. $25,000 Pyramid. I was just thinking about that. That show, I believe, now is the $100,000 Pyramid. And uh, growing up, I used to watch it after school. There were always reruns. I think it started at like the $10,000 Pyramid. Eventually, of course, it'll be the $10 billion pyramid. That's the way inflation works. Anyway, good to, uh, good to be with you guys again this week. Before we start, I hate apologizing so much, but I know a lot of you are waiting for Nasty Morasty, and we're just going to have to have him on next week. And I'll tell you why. Um, our days are real long. I can't plan a podcast. So the only day we have off this week is Friday, which is today. And uh, even later, we're going to go to the Sudbury Wolves game and we got to, there's a lot to, uh, I'm referring to, as we're filming this TV series, Shorzy, which should, I mean, I've never laughed so much while we're filming. So uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to be fun, if nothing else. But um, yeah, we've had long, I'm talking like, you know, remember having to remember like 11 and 12 pages of dialogue a day. 
being in there for 10 to, I don't know, to 12 or 13 hours. Um, so it's tough to really plan a podcast and even get one done. And not only that, the hotel I'm in, the, the um, Wi-Fi sucks. So I, I, was, I had actually tried with biz, or, uh, Nasty Morasty last week, didn't work. I had a couple of uh, guests lined up, and you'd think I would be able to do it from my room. And Anyway, it didn't work. So I figured from that point, I said, I'll just have someone that's in the hotel with me, and I'll just bring them in. But I only got one mic, and it almost feels like a, 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 a radio or a Hockey Night Canada interview when you're passing the mic back and forth. Although that might be a good thing for me, so I can't cut people off. But in any case, Nasty and the Nolan boys, Jordan and Brandon, that is, who uh, star as Jim 1, Jim 2, and Jim 3 in this show, they're gone home. And uh, there are a few, uh, I'd say there's probably eight or nine of us in the hotel now. Um, I had Dolo on already. Some aspiring actors, Ryan McDonald. And Harlan Kitwayat, who I was going to have just, uh, <clears throat> just uh, what's the series he's in? Tribal. And um, now he plays Sanguinette in this show, who is our coach. And he's a real funny guy, mid-20s, used to be a bartender, and he's in the new Predator movie. He, uh, you're going to hear his name a lot, but uh, Tassia Telez is here. And a lot of you, when I mentioned that last week, I get bombarded with, Messages from, well, I mean, she's a lot of things she owns. If you've been to Toronto or Vancouver or Montreal, there's awesome new resto bars called The Parlor, and they're, they're awesome. I, did, I went in there in Toronto that a few weekends ago when we watched The Leaps. Had no idea they were hers, and I ran into her here. She told me all about it. But anyway, she's on a crazy popular series called The Hundred, and apparently a lot of you watch that. Uh, I, I, I've seen bits and pieces. It's one of those, you, I realize now I got to watch from the beginning, think like lost or something like that. You know, if you miss an episode, you've, uh, you've missed a lot. It's hard to tie it together if you miss even half an episode. But anyway, you know, that's, that's when I became aware of her, but she's been on the go for a long time in, uh, acting, uh, modeling circles, things like that. We've got Kehlani Rose, um, who's also in a number of films. She was telling me, oh, she's in um, Wood, Woodland. That's what she was telling me about. Another thing, Within the Silence, we got Blair Lamora. Anyway, we've got I, I hate leaving people out, but th there you go. All these people that I just mentioned, they're in the hotel. I'm just up really early. And I think they had a, if not a few drinks, because um, they all don't drink, obviously. But Harlan made his debut recently in this show, Tribal. And he's been in like four things in the last year, but he's only been at it a couple of years. And this was his like big on-screen debut. So they all watched it. I, I ended up crashing. That was like three in the morning because we didn't get off till about 1.30. But anyway, I figured, look, next week, I'm going to have the luxury of being able to use the office uh, that the show uses. So I'm, I'm not, I think there's a couple of mornings that I'm not in. So I'm going to take this. I'm going to go in there and get a good clean cut of a uh, nice interview with Nasty Morasty. He's got some 
unbelievable stories. I just don't want to give anything away too early, but uh, what you see is what you get. Tough guy. Uh, those of you hockey fans that know the legend of Nasty Morasty, you won't be disappointed. Uh, I tell you this, that he's almost exactly what I would have expected. And, uh, and a good cat. Good cat. I mean, you know, when you're in the room and you're hockey dressing room is one thing, but we're here like dressing in our hockey gear and we're going through the scenes, even though the choreograph, we're in a room where, and, and they're not all, I don't want to give it away, but these stunts are the most real stunts I've done, man. These, this is wild. Wait till you see this shit. Like it's a lot of it's really happening. You have to have an organ. You have, you have to choreograph it, obviously, if, if that's the right word, choreograph, I suppose. Um, in that camera placement and everything is important right when you're doing hits and punches and things like that and the faker you do it the more important that is but you know a lot of this stuff that we're doing is just guys going you know what fuck it let's just you know we want to do a great job here so let's make this look real and we're going to actually hit each other and i mean like full fucking on it's wild unbelievable uh stunt coordinators Dan and Sean Skeen. Skeen? Skeens. Anyway, they worked on a lot of hockey stuff. It's not easy to pull off hockey. But I'm running away again. Um, point is, look, I'm going to answer some listener questions this week. Uh, it's been busy, to say the least. So that's what you got, and that's what you're going to get. And if you're still listening, then... I suppose I shall do my best. First thing I want to say, Brady Leevold. Okay, he was my guest a little while ago. You know, the, um, what's his, is it mental health hockey? Um, he has the podcast that used to be Hockey to Heroin. Now I think it's Hockey to Hell. Uh, just one minute, just one minute. I got to find this. Brady, I want to make sure. Okay, so on Instagram, it's mental health hockey. Retired pro hockey recovering uh, addict. And he's also the founder of Puck Support. Check that out as well. So anyway, he's back playing senior hockey. He's pretty pumped about it. I highly, anybody that played junior or you played away and you go home and players often talk about the transition. I'm telling you, senior hockey is a great outlet. It's better than it's ever been, man. You know, there's all kinds of players that are staying at it. And when when I've said that over the past 10 or 15 years, you know, that's what I was I, I was, that's the cards I was dealt when, when it, you know, my, my ankle was pretty bad. I couldn't handle 50 games a year, let alone 80 and senior was perfect. And it was it, a lot of ex pros guys who had, a, you know, had their eyes on the prize CIS, NCAA, whatever, junior a, and um, I love playing anyway, Brady's got the bug. So he's, as most of, you know, you know, he was, uh, I know there's, I, I don't want to, underestimate anybody's struggles but as far as addicts go you know he was on the street you know brant myers has a similar story i know it's not easy for anybody i'm I'm just saying that for for brady is is really magnified because the guy had the world by the balls great hockey player look at his stats played for played in the western league for a few teams but Kelowna, he had some great years with some players like jamie ben right uh and uh he got seriously i mean people People get on the dope, whatever, but his ride was uh, insane and he probably should be dead, but uh, he was, do I want to use the word blessed? Depends. I'm spiritual, but again, you guys know that I'm not, 
I'm not tied to any one religion, but uh, you know, yeah, whatever it is, some, you know, if I don't want to use the word fate, whatever it is, okay, this guy was given a second chance and he's changing people's lives because there's all kinds of people in his position. So what I wanted to say is congrats for getting your first goal in 10 years, Brady. I'm paying attention online. Looks like a pretty decent league you're playing in, the Maxville Mustangs. And uh, it's a long road. And, uh, you know, it gave me goosebumps. And uh, you want to check it out, folks, just go to his Instagram page and check it out. It's, uh, it's always nice to see people fucking smile, you know? Jesus. And is, is this day and age? And that's one another thing that going back, I, I love about nasty. You know, we, we don't see, I won't say see eye to eye. Cause that seems like there, but you know, some, some sides of the fence, we have talks, you know, most of it's about hockey, whatever, but you know, things get rather political here and there. And we're on the page with most stuff, right? But some things we, we don't agree on, but we can talk about it and laugh. Fuck. And that's the way it always was. And that's what I loved about hockey dressing rooms. There's always, you know, you take a fucking farmer from the West and a engineer from Michigan and a, um, I don't know, a son of a tennis pro from Orlando and you take a fisherman from Newfoundland and you take, you know, on, on, and on, and on, you know, French, there's, there's so many different cultures no one's going to fucking see eye to eye, but you all work together on a team. Right. And that's what I always loved about it. Things like what your fucking stance on is on abortion and immigration and stuff. Those are just conversations. It shouldn't be reason to hate. Fuck. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, and there's no need to get dive into it. You just, you have a conversation. And that's the way it always was. Fuck. Now it's so divisive, man. I, I mean, I can't even look at Facebook anymore. And I don't know where that just Facebook just came, this political platform. I mean, I, I know when and how. I, I just, I can't fucking look at it. Like, I, you know, I, and, and why does everybody all of a sudden need to be a politician? Or why do I need to care about, like, show me your fucking picture of going to the park with your kid, huh? I don't need to know what you think about the new fucking infrastructure bill signed in the White House. I, I don't need to argue about that. Fuck. Let them take care of it. And whoever it is, if you're in Canada, the U.S., you voted them in or, or her in or whoever, wherever you are. People you vote in, they do, you want to change? Fucking wait till the next election, whatever fucking side you're on. But I don't need to see it when I wake up looking for Penny Lane soccer fucking highlights as I sit in Ontario and I'm looking down and I need to be told I'm an asshole for getting the vaccine or I for fucking. I don't know, supporting gay rights or whatever it is I like to keep those things quiet. And when I am loud about it, I it's just in support of people. I don't know. Really, for for, for right, civil rights kind of stuff, you know, what do I give a shit where people have sex? And, and that's another thing. But, the, you know, there's the far right and the far left are dominating everything. God, I got to get to the questions now in a second. But, you know, I think we're going a bit far when we say that Superman's gay. Not not because, 
you know, I don't want him to be gay, but who gives a shit? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're almost. What's the word? You're almost. Shooting yourself in the foot or, you know what I mean? Activists like. Ah, just one second. Uh, okay, sorry, my computer. If uh, if an, I got notifications on on my computer, if you heard that, apologies. Facebook and all that shit's going off. I don't know. Um, seems like it's on its last legs. But anyway, where was I? You know, the, I, I just never thought about Superman fucking anybody. Even Lois Lane. You know, the, these superheroes are appealing to like five and six-year-olds first. And then you remain a fan your whole life. And I guess when you're older like me or you or who the fuck's listening, when you become in your teens, I, I suppose, or late teens, I don't know, everybody's different. Then I guess you can figure it out for yourself. Batman hangs out with Robin. I don't know, man. They're, like, they're around each other quite a bit. Maybe they fuck. I, I don't know. I don't care. But like once you make it a thing, then, then it becomes like almost you're thinking about it. Like, you know, now I'm thinking about Superman hitting fucking club 54 with a glow stick in his mouth, doing fucking E banging. I, I, why do I need, you know, I, I don't, why does that need to be in my head? Gay, straight, bisexual, trans, whatever it is, Superman, go ahead. You came from fucking Krypton and you're here to save me, right? There's a fucking monster coming in my house. Now save me. I don't give a fuck where you stick your dick. And I never did. But when you overstate it, Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, I get it. He's fucking gay. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? Fuck the green goblin to death? No. So fucking who cares? Right. And again, support it all. I just think we're going too far. I'm again in the center. And I think most people are. I don't think everybody's a fucking QAnon person. And I don't think everybody is woke. But there's a big fucking bunch of us in between. So I, I don't know. To be divisive, I don't think is productive. Okay. Now, hey Terry. Hey Terry. Where's let's where are we going with this? What? What's your favorite sports monument? I wrote these down again because it's wonky. My my uh Wi-Fi. So I wrote them down at breakfast downstairs. Okay, what's your favorite sports moment from Jean and Sault Ste. Marie? Jean, Sault Ste. Marie, not far. We're in uh, Sudbury right now, if I haven't mentioned. Um, I'm actually heading there before I go back to see my buddy Brendan Brooks, who uh, came up last weekend. Good to see him again. My favorite sports moment. Okay. I don't need to beat to death the 1987 Lemieux to Gretzky, or sorry, Gretzky to Lemieux, top corner for a uh, two-to-one series win against Russia for the third game in a row, six-to-five, Lemieux, Lemieux, Lemieux winners. Um, that was just an awesome, and they say your hair is a form when you're like 10, 10, 11 years old. They, meaning Stephen Brunt, very smart dude who uh, whose books I've read and I enjoy, but there, a, a lot of people refer to that often you know that's the you know hockey card age you're really forming a lot of opinions you're forming your heroes that's why honestly think about it in your head what your favorite things in life are a lot of them are from when you're 10 years old right so the Marilyn Lemieux goal 
for Team Canada. It's really hard to beat that for me. It's, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to beat John Slaney from Newfoundland in 1991 at the World Juniors in Saskatoon, scoring the winner in dramatic fashion. Those things were otherworldly that I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. And it's hockey, okay? Now, I've had one more. I love a lot of moments in sports. Jordan, clutch shot, um, times 10. You know, he did it all the time. That was just mesmerizing. Tiger Woods has a, that, that, the shot, the Nike, the ball, uh, I forget where it was, but it was phenomenal. Um, he chipped in and it just rolled in. It was on, made for TV. That and when he won the Masters again a couple of years ago and ran out and hugged his son, he's back swinging the club again. Can you fucking imagine after this debilitating surgeries and car accidents and i mean you got to admire his fucking focus and determination if nothing else what a goddamn athlete tiger woods is um but anyway all those are great but uh, there's a moment in 1988 world series no was there let me see this let me see one sec i've got to get it exact because it's an unbelievable moment Okay, so Kirk Gibson, just figure, uh, just typed it in. Vince Scully's making the call too. It's unreal in so many ways. Okay, so they, they got the full at bat online. It's 1988 World Series. Okay, so yeah, if you if you go online and just uh, what am I looking at? Uh, it's YouTube. Kirk Gibson's dramatic game winning home run, and they're playing against the uh, Oakland A's. Hall of Famer Dennis Eckersley is pitching. You got um, Tony La Russa, too, who's still coaching, which is wild. And he looks the same. So like, it must be in his late 70s. Anyway, Kirk Gibson has two leg injuries. Each leg is hampered big time. So he's got torn ligaments in his knee, and the other one, it's his hamstring. So he can't run. But he's a, a great player, right? One of the best of his era. So Tommy Lasorda, another legendary baseball name is uh, GM for the Dodgers and Gibson's out because he's hurt. He's out for the year. He's just on the bench in spirit. If nothing else, you know, he didn't take batting practice or he wasn't going to play till next spring or next uh, fall spring or next spring. Jesus, Terry. Um, so anyway, they, they call him. It's packed, obviously, right? They're down by a run man on first. Gibson comes up. So as if it, the, the situation couldn't, and they pull him out of the dugout and the place is going, are you fucking kidding me? And even Scully, and I forget who's doing the color there. Vince Scully is a legendary baseball announcer. If nothing else, listen to it for that. So this, this moment is perfect for a lot of reasons. Okay. Um, so it's been Scully. It's Gibson. Who's just an awesome player. One of the best of his era. And one of my favorite of, of the time, a real gamer, you know, he gets pulled out and he's, of the dugout, people see him coming and they just go mad. And, and they know that all he can do, like, and not only that, when you see him swing, he can't swing with his legs. So he's literally just up there to will the ball. Like, and if, if he gets, if he gets it in the outfield, if it goes to right field, they're probably going to throw him out at first because he can't run. So he's got to almost get a perfect hit or a home run. So anyway, goes to bat and it, it, it's, it's whoever is on first nearly gets picked off. And then the moment would have never happened right off the bat. Okay, and then the count 0-2 at one point. So now you figure he's sitting duck. It's 0-2. This guy shouldn't be swinging a bat for another six months, and he can't use half of his body. 
right? But he fouls off another five or six, and it's a few balls. So now it's three and two. Okay. Eckersley on the mound, Hall of Famer. The, for a lot of people, their favorite commentator ever, Vince Scully. And all these things stand alone as, as crazy moments. But anyway, Gibson hits the homer. And I, even as I speak, I'm getting goosebumps. It's just, and you see him limp around the bases. He can barely make it around the bases. The players don't want to lift him up in the air because they know they're going to hurt him. It's just fucking amazing. And it's one of the best. Yeah, it's probably, you know, outside of hockey, it's definitely my favorite moment. I'm not saying Gibson's my favorite player. And I don't, just by extension, I don't cheer for the National League because my dad grew up, he grew up loving the Yankees. And dad will always cheer for the American League for some reason when it comes down to it, whoever the rep is from the American League. And he's never really liked the Dodgers. But um, uh, and so, you know, I'm not saying every decision I make is my dad's decision, but when you're 10 years old and there's one TV, you watch and you, you tend to form your opinions that way. And, you know, dad liked the Yankees and the Habs. It wasn't hard to be a sports fan in my house, right? The Celtics, like it was all teams with major fucking league history. So I said I was a writer, but I, I wouldn't have known. Like I, I, I liked Red Fisher um, treated me like shit, but God rest his soul. He did treat me like shit when I met him. But, you know, I liked him as much as Gil Fleur, but it was because dad loved the Habs. So like, and they had these legendary players and writers. So, you know, to me, like Stan Fischler, and he wasn't a Habs, I guess he was a general, but Red Fisher was legendary for the Habs for years. And guys, even now, like Jack Todd, Herb Zerkowski, Pat Hickey, I always just, even if I wasn't with the Hebs, I'd be reading these guys because, uh, you know, I just love the teams. It's same thing with the Celtics and uh, the Yankees. Dad, like Man U, you know, back in the day, he likes Lester now. But anyway, teams with rich histories, I guess he was drawn to. So that was my education. Now I'm a Jays fan, right? But I, I still love the whole aura of the Yankees. And my top five athletes ever is definitely Derek Jeter is up there. You know, that kind of heart and determination and spirit and, and courage and team play. That's one thing dad did, you know, he fucking pushed team play. And I appreciate that because I do think it's just a, it, it's a, major attribute to have up your sleeve in life, not just on the sports court or anything or wherever you're, you know, I mean, like just even here, like, you know, on set, a lot of team players and it, uh, things get done more efficiently. Anyway, there you go, Gene. I hope I didn't ramble too much. Check it out for yourself. Kirk Gibson, 1988. Um, it's a lot of spirit you're going to see. And then people say baseball doesn't have courage. Fuck off, man. It certainly does. And those guys play 162 regular season, season games a year. I know it's not the hardest sport. Even that, it's, it's hard to, well, the hardest, one of the hardest things to do is hit a major league pitch. I mean, uh, on the body, but it, it might appear that way, but it is, man. You get a swing. You got to go from zero to 60 in split seconds in baseball. You know, a lot of soccer, hockey, say football, you're often a little bit warm, more warmed up. Football, I guess, stopping and starting. But you're still a little bit more. There's there's more running. You might play center field, 
and just stand there <laughs> really all game. And then all of a sudden one's hit to the hole and it's three to three and you got to like fucking make a move. You might have to steal a base, right? Uh, you're on second. You don't know, like somebody gets a hold of it and you got to decide whether it's going to go through to the outfield. Do you make a charge for third or do you go back? And if you make the charge, right, you might rip a groin because you've been sitting there in the cold for often. Um, for 10 12 minutes on base right so there's it, it's harder than on the body than i think people think your body has to be and, and you know to hit a pitch isn't easy vladimir guerrero is proving that it's you don't have to be in the best shape to hit the ball but it helps um but by that i mean he's you know he came in way overweight and uh, i don't think he's ever going to be a greyhound but like tiger woods right? It's, it's golf. You wouldn't think you have to be a physical specimen to play, but it certainly helps. Um, okay. So, Hey, DJ TR, no name on this. Uh, Hey, DJ TR, what's the most annoying thing you find about sports? My God, about sports in general. And Hey, DJ TR, Oh, I see. So this, yeah, this is from one of the boys at home for sure. <clears throat> one night I went in to DJ at home about 10 years ago. And when I say DJ, I mean like I'm just going in and playing playlists and mixing songs together. By no means actually go in. Um, Lex Griffiths, shout out DJ Lex. Or for any, you know, for people that are actual DJs that go in and mix the shit and everything and have two fucking record players going. And they, that's incredible. That's way, that's not what I was doing. I like music. I cannot DJ in the truest sense. What they needed was uh, someone to string songs together at this bar, right? So, and I'm behind the thing, like looking like I'm DJing, but I wasn't. But anyway, I was way off. I thought, and usually if, like if I'm playing tunes in the room and shit like that, you know, and I'm usually, I'm still the guy to do it at home. I, I bring my stereo every game, play tunes and, and, let it go around the room, right? I, I see, pick up what people are laying down. So I generally have a decent idea what works. I don't know everything, but I know what works. Uh, and what doesn't, I just go to the, one of the boys on the team. Hey, you guys, give me a few you want to hear, you know, because if there's one thing I'm out of touch with, it's hip hop the last few years. Um, some I like, most I don't. That monotonous shit it's just one sound the whole song and you're wondering if you're in a cave listening to a someone nauseous wanting to vomit or you're uh at a club or some shit i don't know i can't figure it out i can't figure it out but uh i'm not saying all new hip-hop either there's there's lots that i like most of it though comes out in the room Okay. In the dressing room, uh, especially like I go home, I play senior with the St. John's caps, everything else. Right. But a lot of the guys are in their early twenties. So that side is represented, but point being, I went to this bar and like I played and, and it was a total disaster, but I mean, I was playing, like, I remember the chemical brothers and people boo. I'm like the chemical brothers, aren't they fucking, I don't know a bad album. Right. I'm not saying I was in there playing like fucking Leonard Skinner and, the Beatles and stuff. I mean, I know not to do that in a, eh, this wasn't really, this was a bar. What was it called? I can't even remember. 
it was the old Sam Shades. I think it was like a startup bar at home, you know, clearly. But anyway, uh, it's not an easy gig because people are coming up the whole time too. And I've also done a couple of weddings and, you know, that's a lot easier because you can generally pick a cheesy playlist or it's generally requests, but you know, when there's so many requests, it's just overwhelming. And I know now I know what people go through. You know, I said that at the time I was like, fuck man, being a DJ, the hardest part is just, just all the requests trying to please everybody. Cause no matter what you do, people are going to complain and not maybe come up and go fuck off what you're playing, but they'll keep requesting stuff. And you're like, Hey man, like, just give me like three songs. Well, yeah, just, just back off for a second. Anyway, in my short experience, but I mean, I see it at clubs, people going up and talking to the DJ. And I was one of those guys too, for a while. And I'll never do it again. Hey, you know what? I want to play one. I know you're paid by the bar to do this, but trust me, everybody wants to hear my song. Right. And then fucking have two shooters, play your song and then leave fuck how ignorant must i have looked at some points i was that guy man i was that guy right love music i didn't mean to be but i was that guy anyway fuck get back to the question what's the most annoying thing i find about sports right now it's football celebrations uh like first of all do football players know how silly they look when they celebrate i don't know what it is but let's say a goal in soccer or hockey. Just there's all kinds of celebrations in all kinds of sports. I'm just saying that's those are standalone moments. The ball goes in, the puck goes in, selling. Well, I don't know if it's because, say, in soccer and hockey, you don't have that helmet. I mean, hockey, you got a helmet, but you can see, you can, you know, a lot of people aren't wearing a visor. You can push the visor. Whatever it is, you see the personality. Hockey's a lot smooth, smoother too, right? You're almost like a, a fucking superhero for lack of a better way to do it. You're, you get a breakaway goal. You turn into the corner. You're all of a sudden going like 30 kilometers an hour, get down on one knee. There's a grace to it. There's a real, like, I gotta, I gotta think, I don't give a fuck what people think of hockey, but in general, cause I know we're always going to have fans, but most sports fans would have to say that our sellies look the best and soccer. I would put us first though, because we're on skates. Um, the NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on any NHL game and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania. Only new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And, but we don't, A, there's two parts of this. So 
So because of that, I don't know what it is, but in football, you know, they all have the helmet on and you can't see anything. A lot of them have the dark visor over the helmet. So it's just like a bunch of bobbleheads like bouncing around. And I can see it after a touchdown, though. But like, I don't know if it's that, that you can't see their heads or their faces, or it's the fact that they're celebrating after like a hit. You know what I mean? Or it'll be like second down, like they cause someone to go out of bounds and they'll dance around and do like the jig. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And the reason, the other reason, and I mean, again, it's just like, I don't know, fucking Matthew Kachuk making a hit at center ice and then just going and, you know, doing the canoe or something. I mean, it just, and like taking out fucking cell phones and the cellies and shit. I mean, I, I, I don't know. So, yeah, there, there's that. I can see if you like rush for a touchdown or it's a big play. Of course, man, you're going to celebrate. But example, so the Detroit Lions were a disaster. If you watch football, they played yesterday and it was just embarrassing on so many levels. They haven't won in like 17 games, their own 11 this year, or 10 and one. And it got down to the, anyway, so they score a touchdown. And here's a team that's 0-10 and one. In a 17-game season, okay? They get the touchdown, and eight or nine guys fucking line up. They sit down, and whoever it was got the touchdown. I don't know. I don't know anybody in Detroit. It goes over with the ball and is feeding them. Yeah, I know they were giving their homage to Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> but it was, it was a stupid celebration, but whatever they did. And if they're in first place, I guess it's great. But they do it. And they get caught up. So I get here. They are like 0 and 10. And right after, I believe it was the field goal right after, uh, after the touchdown. And they had too many people on the field and they realized that, and this dude tried to run off the field anyway, it was a penalty. And you're like, you fucking idiots. Like you just went out. You, you had the presence of mind. You, you, you must've thought this play out being imagined your, your mindset, your 0 10 and fucking one. And you're in the room choreographing a stunt after a touchdown of which you likely won't even get one. And then as all the world is looking, it's Thanksgiving Day. And as bad as they are, they always play on Thanksgiving. And everybody has to watch the Detroit Lions and don't have the presence of mind to know the situation you're in on the next play. Yet, yet. You, you pulled off the celebration flawlessly. A very hard one to pull off, too. How fucking embarrassing. And then down, anyway, without getting into the rest of the game, which was a fucking joke, you know, or type, type it in on YouTube. Early celebrations in football. Guys, like, running down and then, like, stop one yard before and, like, dangle the ball and it falls out of their fucking hand or something. Or they throw it down. And I just think it looks so stupid. And maybe it's because it happens so frequently in football. But... Yeah, I mean, you know, they celebrations aren't really a thing in basketball unless you dunk or something. And, you know, I guess it happens. You know, you don't see it after like a nice pass or like someone break up. A sh but in football, it's like, I don't know, they got carte blanche to like just fucking selling a nothing, like a gain of two yards. And guys are fucking waddling around doing the duck. I, I don't I fucking retarded. I did. Can I use that word retarded? That used to be uh, probably not, but. <laughs> I don't mean anything by it. And, you know, why can't you use that word? As long as we're talking political, 
polarization. <laughs> but you know, like, I don't know, like there has to be a word for things. Right? I guess, like if, if I listen to a lot of old radio shows, like from the 40s and 50s, I love doing that. And you can always hear like, wow, that was a different time. But people generally, I just watched James Bond from Russia with Love. And Sean Connery, someone asked him, like to do something just insane. And he says, yeah, what are you, retarded? But now there would be a freak show about what? what, what can you say that? Because whatever he's saying isn't retarded. And it, it, retarded is a word. It's not a swear word. But for some reason, we can't use it anymore. I, and maybe that's just me. But in my circles, you know, I've been mildly reprimanded. Hey, don't use that word. Retarded. I, isn't it a word? I, I could. Like, why did it come out of? Wasn't it used to describe things or brains that were retarded? It doesn't necessarily have to be bad. Didn't retarded mean, what would it mean? You know what? Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Let me look it up. Less advanced in mental, physical, or social development than is usual for one age, for one's age. Okay. I just don't know why that's a bad thing. So if I say mental disability, you know, and then what are we talking about? I mean, I admit it. I have lots of mental health issues. I think it's a regular thing. A lot of times my thoughts were definitely retarded. Definitely. There you go. I don't know. Um, I blew my signing bonus. A lot of those decisions were retarded at the highest level in my mind. And if someone said it to me, I would be like, yeah, man, like, fuck, man, what was I thinking? I was retarded. <clears throat> I never did take it to be an insult. Like, well, I, I suppose, yes, it's an insult. Like you're, you're stupid or you're, that's not a bad word. You can make anything an insult. Anyway, moving on. I don't know how I got there, but that and not I fucking love watching football, too, because I know I'm going to get a plethora of fucking emails now. Oh, football's harder than hockey. And you don't realize they celebrate because they work hard. And I, I'm just saying, I don't think every fucking play of the game deserves a fucking magic wand to come out or a fisherman or a fucking canoe or whatever it is they do, doing the barbecue, doing the shower, like I, in the middle of the game for a two yard game. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, okay. TR, this is from Pollant. Pollant. Now, I don't know if it's Pollen, T, or Pauline. And you hit the T by accident there, a little error of the fingers, but I've never heard the, 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 the name Pollant. But nevertheless, we're going to call you Pollant for now. And uh, from Verdun. What do you think the Habs should do this year? Uh, I talked a little bit about that last week. <laughs> I want to make clear when I say that they should, you know, make, make big changes being, I think the coach and the GM at this point, at the very least, I, I would, I mean it because sometimes you just need to clean house and, and show something and go in a different direction. That's just the way sports is. I don't think any coach or GM thinks they're, you know, they're, they're, they're not making long-term plans in that city. Uh, so being in that, you know, it's unique to even be somewhere five years. Uh, 
your GM or a coach. Um, so that that's all I, I meant by that. I, and I do think, but, but I, the other side of this is that I, I don't think that that will necessarily help right away. I just think they need a different look and image, but they're not good. Like sometimes no one wants to talk about it. People get on there and they analyze the game and they talk about, you know, this three on two and that breakdown. Sometimes teams are just worse than others. You know what I mean? Like the Habs walked into Washington the other day and people are freaking out. Washington beat them six to three. Of course they did. Washington have better players on their team. You know what I mean? Like who did you think was going to win? <laughs> I don't know. The Habs in a tough position, man. They lost Kerry Price, one of the best players in the world. They lost Shea Weber, man. Also one of the best players in the world. Captain. Right? I don't care what you say. That Phil Deneau, man, he was wicked too, eh? Corey Perry? In major league losses, man. And they, you know, they, it was a Cinderella ride as it was. But, you know, I, I expect them to lose because they're not as good as the other teams. Ottawa in last place. Yeah. Because they're not good. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can, you can only break it down so much. Right? Oh, Ottawa goes in in Edmonton. Oh, they lost again. Well, what are they going to do? Fire the coach? I, I don't know. Edmonton are way better. What, what, what are you going to say? You know, um, are Ottawa going to be good in the future? Definitely. Guys like Josh Norris, guy, Dwayne Norris, by the way, shout out Newfoundland, Dwayne Norris's son. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't expect Josh Norris, who's a great player, to outplay Connor McDavid, but that's, or, or uh, Dreisaitl, or, you know, you can go down the list. But it's, it's a depth thing. That's, you know, Brady Kachuk, I suppose, and Stutz, Stutzel and, Norris, I mean, these are the guys so in a few years for sure, but do you expect them to play better than the top two scorers of their generation? Uh, probably not. If they lose 5-4, I'd go, geez, man, 60 minutes and you nearly beat that team. But I, I know you don't see it that way, or a lot of people don't. You know, Arizona. Wow, you know, what are they going to do in Arizona? I don't know. I guess get better players because they're not good. Would, did you expect them to be good? Look at the lineup. What were you thinking? When Lawson Krause is your third leading scorer and he's got like six points in 20 games, what do you think was going to happen? I mean, <clears throat> so anyway, you know, do you, do you tank for, for Shane Wright if you're these teams? I like what Bergevin said. He said, you know, if, if, you're, in the, if you're going into games trying to lose, you're in the wrong business. And I agree with that. But what I would do is clean house now so you, so you lose unintentionally. And I mean that. I'd rather lose with like you get a bunch of guys like, you know, that Suzuki Caulfield, like, you know, that age run with it. A couple of veterans that are presence, not necessarily, maybe someone that already won the cup rather than someone who wants one, you know, um, that can be there for a little bit of a veteran presence, get them for bargain basement, 1.5, two mil, whatever. Even if it was Joe Thornton, whatever he wants to play somewhere still, I mean, he's going to be playing until they take his cane away from him. But, you know, there, there's a fit somewhere around the league of a guy like that looking for a game. And that's what I would do. And I would, you know, I mean, all the guys that are worth anything, Petrie, uh, Price, Sherratt, all of them. Uh, and it might hurt Habs fans to hear that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm just saying it. They're not probably not going to make the playoffs this year. And you know, really early, what's the advantage of that? You'd never try to fucking lose. But 
trade those guys, get in, you know, just a bunch of future prospects and let them win and lose together and go out there and try to win every goddamn game. And then you lose more often than not with dignity. And next year, maybe the year after, maybe you do get Shane right. Maybe you're rolling, right? But I, I would at this point never try to lose, but structure the lineup so as it's a bonus. If, if, if you win, then they're further along than you thought they were. And if they lose, you just get a great top five pick next year. That's what I would do. Now, have I been wrong? Yes, I've been wrong in that exact situation. I didn't go back to camp and it cost me, but anyway. Um, okay, same kind of question from Carl in Cornell again. A lot of people listening in Cornell. Thanks, guys. Um, same question from the Vancouver point of view, I guess. What do you think of the Canucks? What do they have to do? I tell you, the Canucks got to fucking try because watching Elias Peterson, Elias, is that how you say it, Peterson? Uh, I mean, he came into the league a couple of years ago and he was li this little scrawny kid. Every game I thought he was going to get shit kicked <laughs> and he didn't. And he, he showed a lot of spunk, courage. He was uh, not that he was a fighter or anything, but, you know, for a guy that's small. Um, to and frail to be out there playing an NHL game. I was very impressed. He used his hockey IQ um, to the best of his ability. He seemed to enjoy the game. I don't know. Didn't he just sign a contract this summer, I think? Anyway, he looks poison out there. Like he, He's not even finishing hits. I know he's not a hitter, but like if you're right next to a guy that has the puck, man, at least rub him out. At least try back check. I mean, he's mailing it in. And if I'm JT Miller or Bo Horvat, to name a couple, jury's out on Hughes. I don't know what to think. You know, he doesn't. I, I don't know. He shows spurts, but sometimes he looks the same, like unmotivated. And uh, I don't know. It's Don Giroux. I think the Canucks have a quicker. That might be more of a like GM coach thing. I think they could turn it around quicker. I think Pedersen is better than anybody on Montreal. He's not trying. You know, they if you if you look at their time, I mean, even just Quinn Hughes. Right, these Peterson, these these guys are young Horvat players. I don't want to go down the list, but they got more to give. And I think, yeah, I I think just a little culture change could could they could make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to, but it's at least on the outer outer fringes of possible. The Habs. Definitely not. I'll cut off my fucking three toes off my right foot and eat them for breakfast if that happens. And I would. I'm, well, would I, I probably wouldn't. But it's not happening. Uh, and yeah, anyway, it's uh, it's an effort thing. Okay. Hey, Terry, what do you think of the young Newfoundland prospects? This comes from Jim in San Jose. Huh. San Jose. Um, thanks for listening. Love it. And I assume this season, I'll only talk about a couple. Okay. So this season we're talking about Dawson Mercer, Alex Newhook. They're doing awesome. And by the way, Ken Reed, I know you're listening. Thanks a lot for, for giving senior a shout out. The other, uh, 
the other day when Alex scored. Listen, these guys are awesome players, and I absolutely I get goosebumps watching them play. Dawson, I mean, I knew he was good and skated with him multiple times in the summers. I knew Dawson was good, and I remember two years ago before he was drafted going, wow, this kid's awesome, but, you know, you never expect someone to come in 19, 20 years old and fucking rip it. And he looks just great right from exhibition. He scored one of the nicest goals of the season in exhibition. Check it out on YouTube. But I'm really proud of him, man. And Dawson's father, Craig, shout out. He was a great hockey player from Newfoundland, senior hockey player. Back in the day when not a lot of people went away. I think he could have. Um, and maybe he did. Maybe he played junior. Some. He's a little bit older than me, and I, I forget if anybody from Bay Roberts area is listening. Shout out to Craig. But, uh yeah, Dawson is uh, just a great kid, and I think his attitude, you know, like I said about Brady earlier, you know, it's nice to see someone fucking smiling. And Dawson is smiling, and he's having fun. And it's just a microcosm of what you want all kids, you know, you can, you can tell. And then he was always like that. Dawson, even when he was, you know, making the world juniors and, you know, Becoming a prospect, a major junior, all that, of course, will put a smile on your face. But, you know, there's a lot of adversity that goes with that stuff. Right. And he's just always handled it the right way. Some people are 30 before they're 16, you know, and Alex is the same way. Don't let their love of life, though, confuse you. And don't mix that for. You know, some kind of lackadaisical nonchalance, because. They're, they're very focused. They just, you know, man, you can't be, in my mind, you just do better at whatever you're going to do if you're happy, if you're smiling. And um, anyway, Alex, again, was sent down at the beginning of the year, right? Alex Newhook, who's, you know, with the pride and joy of St. John's and, and people all over him and, and loving him. And, you know, at the very beginning, got sent down. I was the first one to say it on this program. I never thought he would stay down for long. But he did, you know, you got to deal with that. And you never know when you're going to go back up, right? I mean, often I remember being told that's the joke, right? Oh, I got sent down for two weeks. And that's often what they say for real, right? And then you're down for eight months and you see them trade for another forward. And you're wondering if you're ever going to go back up, right? And the calls home to your parents seem a lot more necessary and you know and you start contemplating other things what if i don't make it and you know that that happens with every no matter how good you are i'm telling you it happens why do artists why do musicians keep putting out albums and you know strive because there's something in you that to, to never feel secure is almost a good if you harness that energy the right way it makes you hungry you know and um and so anyway yeah I'm trying to articulate this. I'm kind of butchering it, but I, I think you see what I'm talking about. Anyway, congrats to those guys. They're uh, great, great people. And um, their success is definitely a product of their hard work and uh, well, their talent, obviously, but their hard work and their attitude. Attitude, I'm telling you, goes a long way. Um, I think I'm going to cut it there. Thanks for the questions. Um, soccer. Listen, I, did I read this right? I, so I got my phone. I don't normally, but I got my phone notifications going off <laughs> as I'm talking. Am I seeing this correctly? Are Canada playing U.S. in Hamilton on January 30th? Like, I get it. Um, 
yeah, I get it. I, I know that, I mean, that was phenomenal. That game in Edmonton the other day, uh, in the snow, in the snow. And I love that we have a good soccer team again, because we didn't for so long. I just tuned out. I'm telling you, I tuned out. I didn't even know anybody on the team. I mean, I, I used to, and then they sucked for so long. And now, um, you know, in these World Cup playdowns and with so much success, I mean, Alfonso Davies, Alfonso Davies, right? That's, um, that's one thing, but, you know, they're electrifying to watch. <clears throat> and I respected, yeah, I, I looked that up. I wanted to make sure I didn't, Alfonso Davies. What a player, man. He's only 21. It seems like I've been watching him for six or seven years. Uh, anyway. Yeah, they're just, man, I would have loved to be that game, that, that game in Edmonton. But January 30th in Hamilton, it's going to be minus 30. We're not even talking fucking football. We're talking soccer. I don't know, man. Like, do, do, I get it. We want the advantage. I think that's extreme. Is it not? And I guess it has to go through the international committee and they agree to it. Couldn't, isn't there somewhere we could play that indoors? <laughs> right? <laughs> Fuck. I love that they're doing it though. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. I, it's so obvious what we're trying to do is, you know, have home, home advantage in every sense of the word. But I mean, to have an outdoor game in Hamilton in January, <laughs> it could, it's the absolute coldest time of the year in the coldest country in the division. Anyway, I don't know whether to love it or hate it. I don't hate it, but fuck, if I was a player, I think I'd go, you know, I, I love being from Canada, but Jesus Christ, you know, it's tough for them too. Even though we live here, it's still, <laughs> it's gotta be, fuck, I can't imagine it, playing soccer. Not, not only the cold either, the danger. You can't tell me that, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, it's going to have to be icy. Fuck, even if it's dry out, it's going to be hard. And I don't know. I don't know. But hey, we won the last one. So maybe fucking play the World Cup in the dead of winter too. February, who knows? Uh, let's see. Two listeners asked me, by the way, why I talk about DraftKings. Because they're a sponsor. Okay, because they're a sponsor. And they're a great sponsor. And... I'm glad because, um, you know, a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a sponsor from just anybody. I have to support the product. I don't really know if the money was right. I just honestly look at taking my daughter to Disneyland or something, you know, everything I do, I'm here now. What Penny Lane wants, um, not saying Penny Lane gets either. I'm certainly not. But we lived, man. We faced adversity, Danielle and I, my ex-wife. We still work together in a lot of ways, have a lot of respect, love for each other. And um, But, you know, we faced a lot, man. We made some bad investments. She and I, fucking stupid. And always, you know, with the best intentions. We fucking lost our house at one point, man. And we're down. And now, starting, not starting, but it took a while to, like anybody, man, I'm sure people can relate. Most people are check to check. I just, 
I had a lot of money to pay back. I'm almost there. Penny Lane wants a small little modest house. I know exactly where it is. And she wants a white Jeep. And that's what I want out of life. That's it. And I'm almost back. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't think I'd sponsor something that was related to hate or anything like that. But that's the way I look at any of these gigs now. I'm like, you know, and you often wonder not to, like, I don't mean like as an actor, I get to pick because I don't. I'm glad this show is going to fucking rock Shorzy. I'm telling you, but I had to be honest, I would have done it if it was a mayonnaise commercial. <laughs> but, but um, yeah, man, I, uh, I, I do support DraftKings. And uh, if you're interested, just like Wedgwood Cafe, check that out on uh, Elizabeth Avenue at home for all your catering and for TJ's Pub and Greensleeves Downtown Uptown, Trinity Pub. Check these places out. But uh, if you want some advertising, uh, yeah, just shoot me a note. And if you want a book, uh, just DM me, okay? We're, it, I have a few here with me in Ontario I can send out. If not, I signed a bunch and left them at Flanker Press before I left. So just shoot me a note at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. And if you'd like a book, either the first or the second one, first being Tales of a First Round Nothing, the second being Tales with Tierra Fights Film and Folklore. If you like one, you'll probably like the other because they're, uh, they're basically anecdotal. The second one goes off into film and, and well, folklore, like it says for a little bit, but everything's folklore. And the film world was, you know, it's part of my life. So, so I, I tied it in with hockey as best I could. Um, but anyway, yeah, if you'd like a book, do that. And check out Penny Posh, man. It's uh, coming up on Christmas. And uh, Penny Posh Designs, my ex-wife, Danielle, it's her company. And it's just awesome, the, the, the products. It's hard to get the word out there, especially when, when, when all your you know, inventory is in Newfoundland. But the hoodies, I, I highly recommend. I wouldn't just say that. And if you order one, uh, if you want one, shoot me a note. And if you order one, uh, you know, I'll throw in a book. I'll make it worth your while um, for sure or a signed picture or whatever it is you want. Uh, so for all uh, my listeners or listener at this point, I, uh, it's going to be, we're going to get back to having guests every week. Um, it's just circ this, the circumstance that I'm in and it's a great one personally, but I know that for you guys who are looking forward to talking to these guests, uh, can probably be a little bit monotonous to every week uh, more often than not lately here that I don't have a guest, but trust me, it's coming. It's a situation and uh, my schedule on this show gets a lot lighter uh, in about three or four days. So I think what I'm going to do is knock off while I can this do well, they let me use their studio where there'll be no Wi-Fi issues. I'll try to get, uh, you know, I'll try to get, nasty and a few more jordan nolan i mean he's playing one of these guys in this show one of the gyms and you know three stanley cups right three stanley cups in this era is almost impossible and you think of all the great players that don't have one so he'll be great to talk to and of course his brother brandon who also played in the nhl for carolina but uh, career ender with concussions but uh you know that and more that and more coming up but uh Anyway, I'm going to sign off. I got a lot to do today. We're going to head to the Sobery Wolves game. I can't wait. We got some stuff to do around the rink, like some promotional stuff and that. We're going to have a few beers, I think. But I'm looking forward. I went to see uh, Sudbury play Ottawa last week, OHL, and it was fantastic. Fantastic to watch. 
Reminded me of my junior days. And I don't watch many OHL games. I've seen some, but lots of Q games and lots of Western League games. But I love watching junior hockey. And uh, to see it in the old Sudbury Burn with such a historic team uh, was a treat. And I can't wait to go again tonight. Listen, this has been Tales with GR. I appreciate everybody for not only your patience, but for your dedication. Thanks for listening to me. I'll be back next week. Cheers, everybody. I'll catch you on the rebound.